Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our past may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there, welcome back to another interview episode. I am so grateful to have you here today. If you consider yourself a high achiever or type A, you're going to absolutely benefit from tuning in. Before you set out to accomplish any more goals this year, I encourage you to weigh in on this conversation and reflect on your current relationship with stress. Yes, the S word. At this point, most of us know that stress is deeply connected to our food-related habits, our physical health, and our mental well-being. But in the world of increasing to-do lists, the thought of adding more to our plates in order to de-stress often causes us more stress, and we're left with not knowing what to do or what direction to take. And that's why I'm so excited that today we get to deep dive with one of my dearest friends and favorite meditation experts on the planet, the creator of Ziva Meditation, author of Stress Less and Accomplish More, Emily Fletcher. Not only is Emily the queen of meditation, but also the queen of managing stress and increasing high performance. Her wisdom has reached companies like Google, the New York Times, Vogue, Today, Forbes, Bulletproof, and more. She's coached some of the world's most creative minds, and today I asked her to help us begin to understand the impact of stress and how that impacts our overall well-being and what to do so that we can feel better and accomplish more. So take a moment to free yourself from distractions so that you can be fully present and get the most from this powerful conversation. Welcome, Emily, to the show. I'm so excited to have you. It's been many, many months in coming, and yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for creating this, and thank you for having me as a guest. I am truly honored to be here. Obviously, did the intro about how amazing and epic human you are, but a little background some other reasons why I just absolutely love you. So my husband and I, when was this? Like two years ago, we just celebrated our anniversary. Emily has been like a dear friend of ours for many, many years. And we were at our wedding and we were planning on just like announcing that we had eloped and people were like coming in. And then we realized people were going to be really disappointed if we didn't actually have a wedding. So like five minutes before we went on stage, we like asked Emily to marry us. And it was this like epic experience where Emily went into meditation and then just like pulled it out of nowhere. I have no idea how you just performed in such a way that was just so beautiful and so heartwarming. People were crying. And yeah, Emily ended up marrying us. So that's another reason why I love you so much. I will never forget that day. I will never forget that day either. The hilarious part of the story to me is that I was staying with you guys. And I was like, could we have maybe talked about this, you know, yesterday? (laughs) But just five minutes before, 250 of LA's finest are there. And they're like, hey, Emily, can you just come up on stage and, you know, gather everyone together and maybe lead a meditation and then say we got eloped and then, you know, introduce them. And I was like, so marry you guys. (laughs) 
So we appreciate your wedding. Oh, what a dream. Yeah, what an honor. Basically appreciate yeah. <laughs> what an so, honor. Um, so I'm always indebted to you for that. And obviously grateful for all you've done in terms of being a mentor for me in the meditation space, mentoring Craig, helping his entire business. Craig's entire company has access and has gone through the course and has been reading the book and my company too. As soon as your book came out, Stress Less, Accomplish More, everyone in my uh, my team and and our entire staff had your book and we're like, okay, you're going to stress less and you're going to accomplish more. So you've had an instrumental impact in so many people in my life, including my family members and so forth. So I just wanted to, again, thank you for all that you you do. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. But I also just want to give you a shout out because you know when the book came out and you sent me the photo, I actually might've been someone on your team that sent me a photo of just a stack of books. You're like, Sarah Ann got this for our whole team because you're too <laughs> humble and nice to even share that you did that. And then, you know, Craig at my book launch, he came up and did a and a with me. And so I'm just, you guys are the best and I'm, I'm really grateful to have you in my life. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for you to be here because I think meditation is one of the things that's so overlooked, but yet something I recommend to every single one of my clients. And I'm so grateful to see even specifically last week when you were sharing that meditation is finally getting this massive, massive outreach in terms of our country and around the world and how important it is that we really start to become mindful and we start to really connect with ourselves. So I wanted for those who don't know your background story and to hear how you got into this space and why meditation is so important for you. Just, you know, giving them this beautiful background of how you got into this work and created this amazing company that has impacted thousands and thousands of people's lives. Yeah. So I used to be on Broadway. I used to be a Broadway singer, dancer, actor for about 10 years. And my last show was a chorus line. And my job was to understudy three of the leads, which means you show up to the theater and, and you quite literally have no idea which character you're going to play. And some people are very good at that job. I am not one of those people. It was very stressful for me. I was living my life in this constant state of anxiety. And that anxiety started leading to insomnia, which led to me going gray in my late 20s. And then I was getting sick all the time and injured. And then it was confusing why I was living my dream. I mean, I had accomplished the thing I had wanted to do since I was a child, and yet I was miserable. And so Thankfully, this woman was sitting next to me in the dressing room. She had a harder job than I did. She was understudying five of the leads. And this woman was crushing every song, every dance, every bite of food this woman ate was a celebration. And I was like, excuse me, what do you know that I don't know? And she said, I meditate. Mm -hmm. And I rolled my eyes and didn't believe her and just kept sucking at my job and going gray and having insomnia. And then finally, I was so embarrassed about my performance. I just didn't feel like myself anymore. I didn't feel like the version of me that moved to New York at 21, thinking I could accomplish whatever I wanted to. And so finally, I took this meditation class. And on the first day of the first class, I was meditating. I didn't know what that meant, but I was in a different state of consciousness than I had ever been in. And then that night, I slept through the night for the first time in 18 months. And I have every night since, and that was over 11 years ago. And then everything started getting better. I stopped getting sick. I didn't get sick for eight and a half years. I stopped going gray. I'm 40 now. I have like two gray hairs. I was legitimately going gray in my 20s. I didn't get injured. But I'd say most importantly, I started enjoying my job again. And I just thought, why does everyone not do this? And so I left Broadway. I went to India and I started what became a three-year training process to become a teacher. And then since graduating, 
I opened up a brick and mortar studio in New York City, and we created the world's first online meditation training, which is now called Ziva Online. And just as of today, we just passed 10,000 students, which is thrilling. And then in February, the book came out. So the book, as you said, is called Stress Less, Mm -hmm. Accomplish More. And it sold almost 50,000 copies in six months. So it's just been thrilling to see that people are really ready for this. People Mm -hmm. are hungry for tools like you know we're starting to wake up to the fact that we can't just caffeinate ourselves all day and drink ourselves to sleep at night and eat food that isn't food and then wonder why we get cancer at 40. It's like we're starting to realize that the stuff that we're doing in our environment and our bodies and our minds and our homes it's not sustainable. And by not sustainable it means that we're literally not going to be able to keep going individually mm-hmm. or collectively. And in that word sustainability is thrown around a lot, but if something's unsustainable it means there's a stop date and you don't get to choose when that stop date is. And the thing I love about meditation is that it cures so many of these ailments. Yes, like it will decrease anxiety and depression and it can totally eradicate insomnia, like all these ailments that so many of us are dealing with. But Mm -hmm. it's also a huge performance tool. And that's really what we focus on at Ziva is we're all about meditation for extraordinary performance, for you to use it as a tool to show up as the most amazing version of you. So you can be better at your job, better with your kids, better with your partner, not necessarily because you need to become a meditator, that you need it to be a part of your identity per se. Yeah. I think it's so incredible that you actually become more productive by doing less. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest misconceptions. And what I see so much in my practice is people are like, I don't understand. Like you're sitting there doing nothing. How is this helping me lose weight? And I always have to walk them through the process that it's indirectly rewiring pathways in their brain that then impact how they relate to food and how they relate to their body. And so I'm curious if you can walk us through that misconception a lot where people often say to me, and I'm I'm sure you hear this too, well, how do I become more productive if I'm sitting there doing nothing? How does that actually impact my productivity levels, my performance levels? how I show up at my work and my job, because that's what most people, I'm sure, as you said, like that's the focus of your practice. And so, yeah, I'm curious if you can walk us through that and kind of debunk that myth, because I think conceptually it sounds great, but then people kind of like, well, it doesn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. So I would love to talk about this and it is my favorite thing to talk about. But first I'd like to, because I just recently learned some new and rather, I think, interesting science around sleep and stress and weight loss. Mm. So I want to share that first, and then I'll talk about productivity. I don't know if you've read the book, Why We Sleep. Have you heard about this book? uh, No, but I've heard about it and I'm going to get it. Yeah. Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep. Highly recommend it. But the first paragraph of this book is mildly terrifying. He's like, look, if you're not sleeping, then you are doubling your chances for cancer. You are increasing your chance for Alzheimer's. You are within just one week of not having adequate sleep. You're changing your insulin, like the way your body deals with insulin. Your insulin resistance. So you're actually pre-diabetic. And then over time of sleep deprivation, you start gaining weight because the hormone that your body produces to tell you that you're full, that thing starts to atrophy. And then if you start dieting while you're sleep deprived, you're losing lean muscle mass instead of fat. And this is all coming Mm -hmm. from sleep. But the thing is, when people are stressed, one of the very first things that happens is they have insomnia. For so many people, insomnia is the number one marker of stress. And certainly when people are overwhelmed or they've convinced themselves that they have too much to do, the first thing they're willing to sacrifice is sleep. 
And at Ziva, we have a 90% success rate with insomnia. And as I mentioned in my story, it cured my insomnia on the first day. I didn't sleep through the night for 18 months. And then on my first day of my first class, I slept through the night and I have every night since. And that was 11 years ago. So I'm kind of saying if A plus B equals C, you know, like if meditation can help you get better sleep and if not sleeping has all of these terrible impacts on our body, then, you know, you're not spending time on meditation, you're investing time on meditation. And that's a big, important difference. No one has time to spend, meaning waste, right? Like you don't have time to waste. It is our most valuable resource. And the sad reality is that because meditation has become so popular, and I'm using meditation in air quotes right now, you know, there's so many free apps, there's so many guided things on YouTube, there's a bunch of drop-in studios. And while all of this is great, the potentially dangerous side effect of this is that when people just download a free app that's actually teaching mindfulness and not what I would call meditation, oftentimes they're spending their time and not investing their time. Meaning that mindfulness mm. is very good at dealing with your stress in the now, right? Like my boss yelled at me, I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed. I do 10 minutes of this guided app. I feel a little better in the now. It's creating a state change. Same as a glass of wine or taking an aspirin or you know even a nap. You know, It's dealing with your stress in the now. What we teach at Ziva, the meditation portion of the Ziva technique is all about getting rid of your stress from the past. All of this stuff that we have been storing in our cellular memory. And it is that chronic low-grade stress that we have in the background. It is the accumulation of stresses that we have in our nervous system. That is what is making us stupid, sick, and slow. And so if you go in and give your body this deep healing rest, which is what Ziva does, it gives your body rest that's somewhere between two to five times deeper than sleep, then not only are you more awake on the other side, but you also have, you've started to chip away at that backlog of stresses, which ushers you into a higher state of cognitive performance. So your brain starts working better. You start to fuse the right and left hemispheres of your brain, your right, the critical mind and the creative mind. And when you balance out the stress, your endocrine system changes, your hormones start working better because adrenaline and cortisol are like the red alerts. It's the fire alarm. You know, it's like, it's your body preparing for a predatory attack or preparing for famine or preparing for winter. So it's like survive, 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 don't optimize. And so when we get the body out of that chronic fight or flight, we start to move into what I call stay and play or also rest and digest then the body can start to function as it was designed. Immune system works better. Hormones work better. Um, you know, body can regenerate. Your memory is better. You can process your emotions more effectively. So it's uh, the ripple effect of this can be quite dramatic. And, and so the big delineation I want to make for people is that you're not spending your time on meditation. You're investing it. And our mutual friend, Mark Hyman, who's, you know, runs the Functional Medicine Center at Cleveland Clinic and has 11 New York Times bestselling books and a wife and kids and, you know, another movie he's producing every day. <laughs> I mean, the point of the story is he's mm -hmm. busy, you know, and he says for the mm -hmm. few minutes a day that I invest in Ziva meditation, I get back three hours of productivity in my day. I believe it. Mm -hmm. Especially because most people are crashing midway through the day and then we're using all these over-the-counter pick-me-ups but we're not realizing the implications of those as well. And so it kind of, we're just stacking upon stacking upon stacking the, yeah, the outcome, which will eventually be the crash. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so, so important. And I, I remember there was a study that was even saying like, 
it was about saving us money down the road and time because there was like 11% less spend on medical when you meditate for a year and up to 28% when you meditate for five years. And that's huge. Like those numbers are massive in terms of even just getting back financial resource. And so I'm curious in terms of this idea that we glorify our business, we glorify stress, we glorify, or the busyness, we glorify busyness, we glorify stress, we glorify the fact that we're always doing something, which is something I think culturally we're taught. How do you go about shifting this mindset with people in terms of just recognizing that it's not necessary? Well, it's really highlighting the difference between busyness and productivity. I mean, I mean, that's why the book is called Stress Less, Accomplish More. I'm into people accomplishing things. You know, we have big, big mm-hmm. challenges that we're facing as a species. We have big problems to solve. So I'm not about let's just sit around and meditate all day, every day. We're not monks. You know, if you're listening to this podcast on your iPhone, chances are you're not a monk, right? Chances are you are what we would call in India a householder. You have a job and kids and stuff to do. So I'm like, let's use this tool to optimize our brain performance so that we can get to work doing the big things that we want to accomplish in our lives. But it's getting out of overwhelm, of spinning our wheels, of wasting our time not being productive, losing our temper, and then having to clean up our messes. You know, it's just we don't have time to waste like that. And I think we, because everyone else is stressed, I think a lot of times people get challenged where they're like, they think it would be strange for them to go and sit and meditate during their break or to take a break to meditate during while everyone else around them is so busy. And what I've implemented in my practice and my business and Craig too, is that if at any time my employees or the people who work for me feel stressed, feel off, they have the opportunity to go and meditate. And it's completely shifted the relationship that I have with them, the relationship they have with their outcome in terms of productivity. Because during the day, you can get triggered, you can get off, you can have those moments, right? Where it's like, I just need that time to shift. And I also wanted to talk about how important it is that you do have the times, like you say, in the morning and at night, and you do do the set amount of time. So can we walk through that in terms of just how you kind of set people up for success, what that looks like, when you recommend meditating, how often? Sure. So I recommend first thing in the morning. So before coffee, breakfast, or computer, it's like you Mm -hmm. just wake up, pee, meditate. And then I recommend doing your second sitting somewhere mid-afternoon, early evening. Like before you would have the afternoon coffee, before you would crave that chocolate, before you would have the nap, before you start going cross-eyed and bleary-eyed at the computer, before you lose your temper on your coworker or get in your car for your evening commute, you know, it's like you're just topping up the resources. It's actually like giving your body an hour nap in only 15 minutes, but without the sleep And it is becoming increasingly more socially acceptable because so many people like you and Craig and Mark Hyman and Oprah Winfrey and the Seattle Seahawks and Ray Dalio and, you know, Channing Tatum, like all these people are starting to out themselves as meditators. So we're not seeing it as so woo woo or or hippy dippy. So much science Mm -hmm. suggesting how good this stuff is for you. So it's even a couple of years ago, two, three, four years ago, it was considered weird in some circles. That is quickly changing. And so I want to you know, say bravo to you mm-hmm. and to Craig for creating an environment where that is not only acceptable, but encouraged. You know, I have a son and when we hired our nanny, I the first thing she did before she even started was she came and took the meditation course. <laughs> and 
she's meditating every day because like I don't want my son raised by someone who is stressed out all the time because like our kids are absorbing our stress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many people write me every day. I get five to 10 emails being like, Emily, when are you going to do a kid's course? I want my kids to learn. What is the solution for kids? And I say, hey, are you meditating? And they're like, no. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. okay, well, step one, you have to meditate because kids are very mm-hmm. energetically sensitive. They're also narcissists, right? And so they think that the world revolves around them. And so if you're stressed, they think it's their fault. They can't help it. And so we are developing a kid's course, but the prerequisite to it is going to be, you know, you have to meditate. Whoever the adult is, if it's a teacher or a caregiver or a parent, they have to start by cleaning their own house. And are you an advisor or you work Mm -hmm. with Respectful? Yeah, it's really beautiful to see that there's this platform that's really being built around pregnancy and empowering women. Yeah, it's really beautiful to see. I, I saw something that they had posted that, you know, as you meditate, your child sees you meditating and then they want to be part of it. And so it's really about shifting that relationship to like, okay, it's about them to shifting again, the internal experience that's happening within, within you that then impacts indirectly them. That's so cool. And another cool byproduct that I've seen is that when people really commit to it and make it non-negotiable, their kids will start to protect it for them. And they're like, mommy, did you meditate Mm. yet? You know, you're a lot nicer after you meditate. Or, you know, even my girlfriend likes to have sex a lot more after she meditates. Or my coworker is a lot nicer after she does her weird voodoo thing. So just leave her alone. And then also kids start to see that you are taking responsibility for your own emotional health, which takes the onus off of them. You know, they start to see, well, oh, she's in a bad mood, but she didn't meditate. So it's not my fault. And they start to learn how they can take responsibility for their own emotional health. So it's the ripple effect of it really is quite significant. What do you recommend to get started? I mean, obviously I always recommend your course to, to everyone. A lot of my clients have gone through it as well. But just for someone obviously getting the course and starting reading the book are the steps, but for a listener that's just starting, you have this three-part process. And I would love for you to share what those three parts are in terms of manifesting and creating this life of your dreams and having your desires. Because I think people do get confused between the manifesting, the mindfulness, and the meditation. And so I'm really happy that you kind of differentiated those before. But, But yeah, I would love to hear the different parts of the Ziva process and then how people can really just get started right away and and really implement this and just get going and why it's important that. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. They have consistency, like you were saying. 
So as you mentioned, the Ziva technique is this beautiful trifecta of mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. So I'm not poo-pooing mindfulness when I talk about it. It's just they're different tools. Mindfulness is anywhere, anytime you're directing your focus or if someone's guiding you through something, you're thinking about your breath, you're focusing on something, you're, you're imagining a waterfall or your chakras or, you know, all of that is beautiful, but it's directed focus. It's keeping your prefrontal cortex activated. And it's very good at creating a state change in the now, very good at dealing with your stress in the now, which is different from Ziva meditation, which is all about getting rid of your stress from the past. And like I was saying earlier, it, it really is the dissolving of the stress from our past that we have stored in our bodies. That's what ushers us into higher states of performance. And that's really the main course of the Ziva technique. So the mindfulness is like the appetizer. The meditation is like the main course. And the manifesting is the dessert. It is the delicious dessert where we get to imagine our dreams as if they're happening now. We get to consciously create a life we love. And if there's a secret to manifesting, here it is. It's imagining your dream as if it is your current reality. It is charging up your cells with the frequency of your dream instead of what so many of us are doing is saying, I want to lose this weight. I need a boyfriend. I want to be a millionaire, which is saying I want to be healthy is highlighting the fact that you're not healthy. It's much more powerful to say something like, I am healthy. I am so grateful that I am calling in the love that I deserve. I'm so grateful to my body for healing in the way that it knows how to heal. I am so grateful for the abundance that I have now and that is on the way. You know, it's highlighting what we're in now and what's on the way versus worshiping the space between where we are and where we think we should be. And that's what so many people are doing. They're worshiping the space between where they are and where they think they should be. And that is the definition of stress. Mm -hmm. And the more we water those weeds, the more we put our attention on the lack of what we have and what we want, then what we put our attention on grows. So we're watering the weeds, we're growing the weeds, when instead we want to be watering the flowers. We want to be putting our attention on the things that we want to grow. And it's really just two minutes at the end of the meditation, but it's very powerful to do the manifesting at the end because the right and left hemispheres of the brain are functioning in unison. You've de-excited your nervous system, so you're accessing more subtle states of consciousness. You're changing your brain state to alpha and theta states, which are more suggestible. So for you to start to plant the seeds of your dreams from that de-excited state, it's easier to let go of imposter syndrome. So when the big opportunities come, they don't feel so foreign because in your mind, you've already lived through the event. Also, what you're doing with manifesting is that you're training something called the reticular activating system or the RAS, which is basically the brain's filter. It's a bundle of neurons at the base of your brain stem, and it is filtering all the time. At any given moment, we have millions of inputs available to us. And the reticular activating system is largely in charge of making sure we stay alive. So if we're stressed and we're in fight or flight, everything is a perceived threat. Everything is potentially, you know, dangerous. And so it's very busy, the RAS. But if we get out of fight or flight and we move into stay and play, then we can start to train our reticular activating system to look for opportunities to move us towards our dreams. And that is also a really important part of manifesting. It's like you're setting the destination in the GPS so that your reticular activating system can filter out 
anything that's going to keep you away from your dreams and start to help you notice anything that can move you towards your dreams. And so it, it seems like some heavy dippy mm-hmm. magical thinking, but it's, it's actually, there's much, much more to it than that. Yeah. I love that. I think a lot of times when we're triggered, when we're frustrated, when we're angry, it's like in that moment, we're like, oh, we want change. And then we're like, okay, focus on them. But we're activated in a way where energetically trying to manifest something in that state isn't the right state to be manifesting it, right? And so I think it's really beautiful and what I've heard a lot of times. And it's like this heightened state of awareness or this ability to actually tap into the subconscious where the subconscious is driving you know, 90% plus of our behavior is the time to actually be in the state of visualizing and believing again, that we're creating, or as you said, like, it's not that we're thinking in the future, we're thinking of it as the visualization that it already exists. Mm -hmm. And so in that state, you recommend doing it for the two minutes right after you do your 20 minutes in the morning and the night. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So after the 20 minutes, when your state is open. Correct. So I definitely recommend manifesting after meditation or as you're falling asleep is also a fun time to play with it. Anytime you're Mm -hmm. in a more Mm -hmm. subtle state of consciousness and you're transitioning between conscious and subconscious. However, in the book and in Ziva Online, the practice is only 15 minutes twice a day because it's a little bit gentler. So it's it's actually only 2% of your day that you're investing in making the other 98% more amazing. So I just think it's an, it's an interesting reframe. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, 2%. I love that to get 98% better. That's amazing. Do you notice when people come to you in the beginning, they're, they're scared of meditating or it's terrifying to them? Because I witness that a lot where people are actually scared of their own thoughts and scared to witness their own thoughts, or they're scared that they're doing it wrong. And I'm curious how you approach that belief. I do think that most people have at least one of those, if not both of those fears. And I'm not even sure that people know that they have the fear of their own thoughts. Because for most people, it's so pervasive and it's been around for so long and they've been doing things Mm. that are quote unquote normal. Like I like to have the TV on in the background or I just have the radio playing all the time or I listen to commercials when I'm driving in my car. There's like just any noise, even, you know, kind of toxic news or commercials playing in their ears all the time is better than whatever the voice is in their head. And often this is a big thing people say in the first week or two, they're like, oh yeah, I just, I don't need the TV on in the background anymore. Or I stopped listening to podcasts 24 hours a day. I'm I'm able to sit with myself now. And the thing is everyone's going around trying to clear their minds because they don't like what their minds are saying to them. (laughs) I think this is why Mm. people are trying to come to meditation to shut off their brains because their brains are being mean to them. And if you're stressed and you've got a lifetime of trauma and stress and perceived attacks stored in your nervous system, Mm -hmm. then your brain is going to be hypervigilant. It's going to be looking out for attacks. It's going to be preparing for potential life-threatening situations in the future. And that's what stress is. It's reviewing the past, rehearsing the future, reviewing the past, rehearsing the future. And what the meditation Mm -hmm. does is it allows you to access your present moment, which is where your bliss and fulfillment live. It also starts flooding your brain with dopamine and serotonin, which are bliss chemicals. So over time, This is not just a mental practice. It starts to change the shape of your brain. It starts to change your neurochemistry. And then 
you have your baseline levels of dopamine and serotonin become higher. And then the voice in your head is not such a jerk. You're not so mean to yourself. Mm. So you're not so interested in clearing the mind or shutting up your brain because it might be saying some nice things to you. (laughs) And then to the second part of your question around, do people think they're doing it wrong? Yes. A hundred percent of the time. Well, that's a strong, let's call it 90% of the time. People come to me and they're like, Emily, I know it's good for you. I've listened to all your podcasts. I've heard the science. I know that every high performer in the world starts their day with meditation, but I don't think I can do it Mm -hmm. because I can't clear my mind. And there's like one Mm. dude out there telling everyone that in order to meditate, we have to clear our minds and we got to find him. (laughs) We got to teach him how to meditate because then what happens is people start judging themselves based on misinformation. They're like, okay, brain, I'm going to meditate now. Shut up. They're like, hmm, sure would love a snack. I'm like, oh no, now I'm thinking about snacks while I'm supposed to be meditating. Oh no, now I'm thinking about I'm thinking mm. about snacks. I suck at meditation. And that's usually the end of their meditation career. And so what we teach at Ziva, which is true for everyone, but especially at Ziva, is that thoughts are not the enemy. Your mind thinks involuntarily, just like your heart beats involuntarily. So trying to give your brain a command to shut up is as impactful as trying to give your heart a command to stop beating. It doesn't work. And yet this is the criteria by which everyone is judging themselves. And so then we all feel like we're failing and we think meditation is hard. And then we quote unquote are too busy. We just can't find the time. Because in Mm -hmm. reality, none of us will do anything that we feel like we're failing at and that we're not getting a return on investment from. Yeah, that's what I see. And then I feel like a lot of people too are the judgment that they're not doing right because they haven't cleared their mind and then the judgment of the thoughts. So I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about that, like the thoughts, and I'm curious your thoughts in terms of like if the thoughts aren't our thoughts and it's the behavior which we react from them. And how do you walk people through that when they actually recognize that, wow, I'm having all these thoughts that I don't like? or maybe even about their body, right? This is what I see so often. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm realizing the self-hatred and the self-loathing and the lack of self-worth all day long. And then they distance themselves from meditation because they don't want to have to confront it. And so I'm curious your thoughts on approaching that. Yeah. So the thing is all healing usually requires walking through the fire at some point. You know, you're going to have to have some sort of a purge, somehow, some sort of a release or a catharsis. and my theme song at Ziva is better out than in, you know, better out than in. And my nerdy dad joke is that it's better to cry it out and have this stuff in your tissues than it is to be in your physical tissues. You know, it's like we have an mm-hmm. opportunity to n- learn our lessons on the spiritual plane. And if we don't learn them there, well, then we have to pay our therapist $250 a week for the next 10 years and learn it on the psychological plane. And if we don't learn it there, then guess mm-hmm. what? We're going to have to cut it out as cancer or our gallbladder, or, you know, any other number of physical ailments. And so it's like the lessons get more expensive and harder to cure once they show up on the physical plane. And so while it might seem scary to sit with yourself and heal things on the spiritual plane, it might seem time consuming. You might be like, oh, I don't want to pay for meditation. It's like, well, guess what? If you don't heal this stuff on the spiritual plane, it gets more and more expensive and takes longer and longer to heal the longer you let it sit in there. And it's also accruing interest. You know, the stress isn't just sitting. It's not like, oh, well, one dog barked in my face when I was 10. And then it's just that one trauma because now every other dog that's barked in your face has also felt traumatic to you. So these traumas aren't just sitting dormant, they're growing. 
And so you would do yourself Mm -hmm. good to go ahead and clean out the wound so that it can become a scar, even though, yes, it's going to hurt to pour the peroxide in. It's going to hurt, but better to go ahead and clean it out so that it can heal versus letting it fester or get infected. And that's a gross analogy. I'm sorry, but there you go. (laughs) No, I think it's one of those beautiful ways I've ever heard it described. And I think it's so powerful because like you said, you will continue to suppress it and you'll suppress it with food and you'll suppress it with drugs and you'll suppress it with painkiller and you'll you'll suppress it with all the addiction sort of behaviors. And even the over the counter, if we don't actually begin to clean it out and shift and, and what I have found, which is so beautiful is now when I meditate, I'm like, I recognize the beautiful thoughts. I recognize the moments where I'm like, Oh, I had this thought and it is mine. And it is this beautiful experience that I'm having in my own consciousness and awareness. But it took many, many years and many hours of meditating. I'm curious for you if your practice has been very, very consistent ever since you started day one, well, after you met the woman and you began, or if you've had moments where you two have kind of taken a step back and then come back because of something that happened. I mean, there's certainly been days where I didn't do my second meditation. You know, I'm pretty good. I do almost all mornings. I'd say 98% Mm -hmm. of all mornings I do. And occasionally I'll miss my afternoon meditation. But, you know, thankfully I teach meditation for a living. Mm -hmm. So it is my job. Mm -hmm. And so there'll be some days I meditate three, four, five times a day. And I, I recognize what a luxury that is. Yeah. But the one time that I really stopped was when I was postpartum after my son was born. I didn't meditate at all, not even one time for the first month that he was alive. And I I have no guilt about that. It was a really, really tough time. My postpartum was extraordinarily challenging and physically, emotionally, sleep deprivation, like all of it. And Mm -hmm. um, breastfeeding was really challenging for us. So I just was so tired. You know, I was I was up every like I think mm-hmm. hour and 45 minutes. I would sleep for an hour and 45 minute chunks like around the clock when I could. Anyway, point of the story is that if I had 20 minutes or you know 15 minutes, I my I would just fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Like my body was like mm-hmm. there's no meditation happening here. It was uh, my body was rendering me choiceless. And I think that I needed to be stressed, quite honestly. I think I needed the adrenaline and cortisol to keep me up around mm-hmm. the clock because I was in battle mode. Like it was a war yeah. zone. And so, <laughs> you know, and it was a good example of like we meditate to get good at life, not to get good at meditation. Yeah. I was taking withdrawals from right. the bank account that I had been making investments in for the past 11 years. Yeah. And then after once he was about two months old, then I was able to do one meditation a day and it might've been 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but I did it and no guilt, Mm -hmm. you know, new parents have a different program. And then once I went back to work after about two months, I started back on twice a day, but you know, everyone's journey is their own. So it's not about being a perfect meditator, but it is Mm -hmm. about reprioritizing it in your brain and seeing it as an investment and something that's going to make you more productive versus like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's a cute thing that I'll get around to when I have some extra time because it's just not the way it works. Yeah. I even notice I deal with trauma or things much differently now because I have that bank account. It's really incredible. Like I, when my, my second mom passed away, I realized in those moments, like that I was dealing with the experience so much differently because I had put in all of this time to basically learn how to ground and manage my emotions and be with myself and be with the experience much differently. And I think that that's, like you said, it's so profound that it actually kind of prepares you for things that you don't know are coming. And it's the most beautiful tool to bring back. 
and just have consistently to continue a productive and, and beautiful life. If people want to start working with you or take your courses, how do they find you? How do they get all of this knowledge? I mean, obviously I'm going to link it below, but I want to make sure that, that they can connect with you. And I highly, highly recommend taking your course. It was one of the most profound things I've done in my life. Oh, that makes me so happy. Thank you for sharing that. And the course that you yeah. took is, and I think probably the best way to learn is through Ziva Online. And that's accessible mm-hmm. to anyone, anywhere. It's our 15-day training. It's only 15 to 20 minutes a day for 15 days. And each day builds upon the previous day. So it's not an app. It's not like you have to be tethered to your phone forever in order to meditate. You just you just move through the 15 days and then you have the mindfulness, the meditation, and the manifesting to take with you for life. Mm-hmm. Also, people get access to six months of coaching calls with me. And there's a beautiful online community for support. And that's at uh, zivameditation.com slash online. And ziva is kind of a weird word. It's Z-I-V-A. So zivameditation.com slash online. And then also the book is available anywhere books are sold. So Amazon, Audible. It's me reading the book on Audible. And, you know, given my Broadway background, I like to... I like to think I did a good job reading the book. People tend to like it. And I do teach a technique in the book, but it's gentler than what I teach online. And then I also teach live in New York and LA, but all of this can be found at zivameditation.com. Yeah, definitely. Go to zivaonline.com. So zivameditation.com slash online. I'm going to link it below to make sure everyone has it. And yeah, I've just been such an honor and to have you. And I'm just, I've loved watching this journey of Ziva just blowing up and like taking over the world because everyone needs to be meditating. Everyone needs your wisdom and your knowledge. And I'm so thankful to have you here today to just share. And I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people joining you (laughs) after this call. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful. Well, let's get the world meditating between you and I. Mm -hmm. I think we're making a nice dent in it. Only 7 billion people to go. Thanks. Thank you. All right, friends. Thank you for staying to the end. I want to leave you with some final thoughts to take with you this week. If you're ready to shift out of stress, I encourage you to take to heart what Emily shared with us today and begin to become aware when you glorify your busy schedule or your to-do list. It is important for all of us to stop wearing our busy life as a badge of honor because it's not healthy, nor does it empower other individuals to take care of their health when they feel the need to keep up. As Emily shared, we meditate to get good at life, not to get good at meditation. And I've noticed this as well with my clients. Anytime I encourage my clients to meditate, my clients usually report feeling immediately better, which contributes to making healthier choices. For example, we can still have the same schedule, the same circumstances, and the same to-do list, but with a shift in perspective, we can start to release feelings of stress and overwhelm around these experiences, and we can learn to manage our experiences and then make better decisions moving forward. I encourage you this week to make it a priority to meditate so that you too can start to change the way you respond to the world around you. What could you get done and how much energy would you have if you had less stress than you currently have in your life? Again, as Emily said, meditating for 2% of your day makes the other 98% more amazing. And when you are meditating this week, make sure to tag Emily and I so that we can celebrate you. Because as we mentioned, we have a dream that everyone someday will have a meditation practice. Thank you again for being here. And until next time, I'm sending you guys so much love. 
All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.